it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. much to get into this morning. Um, first, got to bring her in. She's the pride of Florida State and possibly the next head coach. Good morning, Stephanie Lins. How are you? I'm good. I saw a good tweet that helps me <clears throat> remember the new coach's name. It's Novell with two L's. <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, before we dive into the news, I mean, make it Jacksonville State. Like, there are people, like, I had explained people that that's not Jacksonville, Florida. That's Jacksonville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And they're like a FCS school, yep. and they yeah they're a decent F- FCS school. They've produced quite a bit of NFL talent, but come on now, you're at, you're at, you're at home in Tallahassee. You can't be losing to them on the last play of the game when all you got to do is tackle. Do if you tackle him, game's over. You escape. People will mock you for it, but uh, hey, it's a win. No, no, people are mocking you for it because you're 0-2. I, I just ordered some stuff from the bookstore. It's all here now, and I feel like writing back to them and saying, you deserved, I need a discount on this. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't understand. Like, they're the mighty Florida State where when I was a kid in high school, this is when they started making their run. Like, that Deion Sanders, like, they made like a 20, 25 year run where they're just even Jameis Winston is out here winning, and it just stopped when he left school. Yeah, that's um, kind of where it ended. <laughs> yeah. And then Jimbo leaves for a Texas A&M who pays him an ungodly amount of money. Then they go through Taggart, they go through Norvell. Now, I just they need something, but. We also need something. We also need to talk about Susan Olsen. For those who don't remember Susan Olsen, she she portrayed the role of Cindy Brady in the Brady Bunch. The youngest one is a dumbass, apparently. Um, did you see the picture that she posted of in the caption? For those who didn't, Susan Olsen is sitting there 
with a syringe in the following. I would rather eat horse paste than give in to tyranny. I don't understand. And then there are other pictures of her holding ivermectin tablets. I mean, somebody needs to talk Mike and Carol's baby girl that something is a something is with the fuckery here. I have to give her the way she's holding the syringe is like a middle finger with the back of her fingers. So that's interesting and takes some talent, and that's where it ends. Otherwise, this is it's a screenshot from Facebook, and it looks like just any other Facebook post you would see from any boomer who's on an ivermectin train. She, it's just, it's so typical, and it's just like, oh, that happens to be someone that I've seen on television. Other than that, it's, it's pretty typical, you know, Facebook nonsense. I mean, yeah, I guess she is. Cindy, Cindy Brady's a boomer. Mhm. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, damn, that is. That's wild, but no, it's just yeah, people like it, you know, saying how you know, liberal Hollywood. She hasn't worked. In, actually, do you know what her last job was in entertainment? Was it anything related to the Brady Bunch? No, she scores. I've never seen uh, her anything music. other than Brady Bunch stuff. She scores music for porn. Apparently, I saw a <laughs> CNN special where she used to write the the porn music. So she's the bum chicka wawa person. I can't with you right now. I can't with you right now. I, 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 I mean, I just grew the fastball in here, and here, here you are turning on the pitch and just like golfing into center field. Yes, it, yes, that was her job from something I saw on CNN a while back. Even if it's not true, I choose to believe it. I mean, CNN said it. I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, what talent do you need to just write, like, random notes? Boom chicka bomb bomb? <laughs> I mean. You know, the, only, the only person who's allowed to write boom chicka wawa was Isaac Hayes. Yes. But she's <laughs> so, out here writing, like, porn soundtracks. Now I need to see a bit of like Yanni. See? <laughs> I'm sure if it, uh, I'm sure if it's boring, somebody would be Yanni. Um. Yanni, ah, Cindy Olsen, actually, wait, Susan Olsen, why I call Cindy Olsen? Susan Olsen, I got to see, because I swear this is what has happened. And let's find out. She's 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember watching Brady Bunch reruns when I was a kid, and it seemed so ancient, the clothing and the hair and the um, furniture styles and the architecture style and everything like that was just... So beyond where I was in the seventies, so it's like, yeah, they've got to be older than that. So okay, this is her post career. She moved into right. graphic design. She marketed a brand of glow in the dark Converse sneakers. She worked as a talk show host with Ken Ober from ninety five to ninety six. Ken Ober from Revoke Control. Oh uh, yeah, that Ken Ober. You want to wait? You're not going to believe this one. Um, he grew up, and we went to the same high school. But he was a lot. He was well, he was a little older than I, actually a lot older than I was. 
But because remote control was on in the 80s. Yes, and I was a child. Um, yeah. Not a child, but... So, since she appeared on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, then she advocates for migraines. Her porn connection is that she does she does sound effects for porn and music, where one of the first music... One of the first things she created was Love Probe from a Warm Planet. I am not lying to you. <laughs> I want a job doing sound effects for porn. I mean, you just get a bunch of fruit and, <laughs> and kind of like grab it with cheese. Macaroni. <laughs> you know. Macaroni and cheese. No, um. Exactly. She was on Young and Restless for a minute. Celebrity Ghost Hunters. Uh, she was inspired for, uh, from the show called Two Chicks Talking Politics on LA Talk Radio because she engaged in a feud with Leon Accord Whiting. According to comments, she used uh, the worst word you can call a gay man. Of course she did. And like her last acting, acting gig was, like, that didn't involve the Brady's. She did voiceover work for Holiday Road... I'm oh, sorry. The Great Halloween Puppy Adventure. The fuck? Anyway, but no. So she's out here with her little hateful ass, like, trying to own the liberals by eating horse paste and shitting her pants. Maybe she'll record it and she can use the sound in porn. Well, I don't even want to know. <laughs> She's multitasking. She's out here, like, breaking, you know, uh, uh, barriers. We'll leave it at that. So we got to talk about Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace is an odd duck. The son of Mike Wallace, he works for Fox, and he, he veers between common sense and assholery. Apparently this is where common sense Found him. He said that GOP officials who have claimed voter fraud will not be welcome on his show. He says, I have purposely not had them on Sunday because, frankly, I don't want to hear their crap. So that would pretty much be three quarters of the Republican Party, does it not? Or all of it, basically. It's at least the vocal part of it. You know, you might he might be able to have Liz Cheney on, or um, oh, there's a couple other guys, and that's it. Other than that, they're all on the Trump train. So, I mean, some of them will come out and say Joe Biden won the election, but for the most part, they say nothing. They don't want to say one way or the other, and it's like, you know, you guys just—it's just so transparent and so sad and so pathetic. It's you know. It's you think about our favorite Ted Cruz and how he's just kind of put truth by the wayside and has just jumped onto this Trump train and you know he he won't talk about the election and who won it and stuff like that and it's like you know what this is just a fact it's okay to say what a fact is but you know you're going to go talk to the guy whose latest gig was running color commentary on a one round boxing match that's who you want to get yourself attached to. So if he can have other guests over there on Fox, they don't have to be, you know, from one side of the political aisle or other. There's lots of people out there who write books and who have podcasts and blogs and things like that that 
he could have them on to talk about their opinions and stuff. But that, I'm good for him that he can actually control the content of his show because I don't know how many of these people do control the content of their show compared to the network controlling it. But luckily he's in a position that he can do it. So I guess he's the token moderate voice on Fox. They used to have, um, oh, what's his name with the southern accent? And then they booted him off because he got too liberal for them. So now they just have Chris Wallace, and then he'll go next. So that's it, Chip Smith. So, yeah, they got rid of him, and they'll get rid of Chris Wallace next. So they'll, they'll retire him, or they'll just not renew his contract or something, and then he'll be done there anyway. I don't think he'll be done overall, but. Yeah, I think he'll find a spot somewhere because when he when he's right, he does bring some sort of journalistic integrity. That's when he's right. He's it's it's few and far between. Speaking of not right, I'm gonna talk about I don't get this article in the New York Times, but I mean I I believe that it. it's written. I believe it happened. I'm just stunned at it. But apparently, there's a high episode or high issue with drugging folks in nursing homes where 21% of the nursing home residents are on antipsychotic drugs. Mm-hmm. And they're over, they're pretty much calling the antipsychotic drugs chemical straitjackets. Because what pretty much it is is just folks who are just, how do I explain this, being restrained via medicine. Mm-hmm. And according to this article, it says that it's dangerous for older people with dementia because it doubles their chance of having heart problems, infections, and falls. So because understaffed nursing homes will use these sedatives so they don't have to hire more staff. Mm-hmm. I once explained to my siblings that our mother would never go to a home. She never did because I wasn't about to have this. Because I know, because whatever, whatever our, you know, contentious past, still my mother, I don't want anybody mistreating her that way. And I would worry about that. And this is why. What stood out to you about this article most? What stood out most to me was actually a graphic. And this is a terrific article, really, really well researched. And it comes, any question that you have is answered in the article. I was really happy with it. But. There's a graphic that after you get to a certain point of reading all this information about how they keep getting diagnosed with schizophrenia and why they're getting diagnosed with schizophrenia, and it's because they don't have to report the use of these antipsychotic drugs. And the comparison of rates of incidence of schizophrenia in the general population, it's 1 in 150, and in nursing homes, it's 1 in 9. And people, and how schizophrenia is diagnosed as a young person's disease, usually 20 ish, under 40 you get diagnosed with schizophrenia, but in nursing homes, it's people over 60 who are getting diagnosed. But what stood out to me most was the graphic of incidence of use of, not use of the medication because they can't report it, but um, patients with schizophrenia diagnoses. And in it, the graph is just like a perfect angle. It's the one-star house, they're rated by stars by Medicare or Medicaid, and the incidence of people with diagnoses of schizophrenia is highest in one star, then in two, then in three, then in four, then in five. It's a perfect line. So the lower-rated homes 
have higher incidence of people diagnosed with schizophrenia. And I believe that the what you glean from all the information they present is the homes with that are trying less, that do the least for their residents, are the ones who are like, well, just, let's just drug them up and put them in a chair. And that's exactly what they're doing. They don't want to deal with the patients who are difficult to deal with, who are having dementia, who are sundowning, who are up walking around late at night, who can become physically combative. So because they don't want to hire staff or they don't want to hire staff who's qualified to deal with stuff like this, they simply drug them and put them in a chair and wait for them to die. And that's exactly what I got out of this. And luckily there are doctors and other people who are trying to shine a light on this and trying to get this stopped. This goes back to the Reagan administration where they said, well, if it's certain antipsychotics, you don't have to report them, and they took that as a loophole and ran with it, and they're still doing it today. So that was what I I took from it is the lower um, quality nursing homes are the ones more likely to do this, to falsely diagnose schizophrenia in order to get the antipsychotic, but they're also the ones that are most affordable for most people. And what can you do? If you can't afford to go into a four- or five-star nursing home and you have to put your loved one into a one, two, or three, you know, are you signing a death warrant when you put them there? It's a terrible choice to have to make. And there's no, not, they're not being held to account at all. There's no oversight to this. And there's not enough people in the nursing homes. There's not enough people checking on the nursing homes. And with a, the largest generation population-wise coming up on going into nursing homes, I had hoped that baby boomers would do something to change this. It was one of the things I thought of since I was like 20. Like, well, at least they'll change things for older people because they'll be those older people. And it hasn't happened. And I'm wondering now if they're going to notice that, you know, it's too late and, you know, younger people are going to have to get these things changed. It, it would scare me. It certainly does scare me. I, you know, I think I'd rather die than go into a one or two star nursing home. It's terrible. But some, you know, if that's the money you have, what what are your other options? You know, there's assisted care, there's nursing homes, and that's kind of it. We don't have anything else in this country, and we're all kind of between a rock and a hard place. It's what can you do? You trust that the people who are there are going to take care of your loved one. And if what they do is diagnose them with something they don't have to put them on a medication that they don't need just because they don't want to deal with them, it's got to be hard to to do that. But then what do you do? You can't pull your loved one. It's terrible. It's just awful all around. And I don't know who we go to to get this changed. I was, uh, as you know, I work in mental health. One of my jobs is in mental health. And my clients, he's a little older than both of us. And his case manager, his rep, has said, you know, do what you can to make sure that no no matter how old he gets, he doesn't go to a home because I've heard horror stories. And and it just, like, you'll find, like, a nice rental spot for him whenever that time is, whenever that time in the future happens. But no, I, I don't want to see anyone I care about go to a home because, the cut corners are ridiculous. How people just because what happens is some of those families don't really go see those folks. They kind of lock them when they're done, yep. Yep. and we really can't be doing that. And it's one of those things. It's it's sad as all hell, and 
It literally is the worst, but when we come back, we will talk about the state of California and their recall. You're listening to the Black Tuesday podcast with Biggs and Lens on the FPC radio network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back for the Black Tuesday podcast with Biggs and Lens. Stephanie, there was a interesting article written in the LA Times. And it's pretty much from all the exit polls, all numbers saying that there's no way that Gavin Newsom is going to be recalled. But what would happen if it does happen and Larry Elder, he of the weirdest black dude I know, or one of the weirdest black dudes I know, becomes governor of California. In a state that is that big, do you see a Republican claiming office? This is the only way that it happens, and it has happened before. So, um, you know, to be quite frank, when they had a Republican governor last time, they got off kind of easy because he wasn't a Larry Elder-type Republican. Um yeah, I'm not saying that everything that Arnold Schwarzenegger did was good for California or, or, you know, things that happen in California have an effect on the nation. So it wasn't good for, for any of us who aren't Californians either. 
but it, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. And if they put Larry Elder in, it's going to be a hell of a lot worse. It's a huge economy. It's got a senator who is, you know, one of the oldest senators who's currently serving, who's either going to leave or um, something's going to happen to her, and, and she's going to be replaced by the next governor. What if it's Larry Elder? Then we tip the Senate. I mean, there's a lot going on here, but a lot of people seem to be treating it like it's, you know, carnival time. Like, oh, this is fun. I, I think it's a weird system that they can recall their governor and then somebody who gets a, a, someone who was elected, you know, a big, strong majority, you know, voted for, for Gavin Newsom. And then now you could have where, you know, it barely tips that people want him recalled, and then they put in someone who gets, a, you know, like 12% of a vote could become the governor, which is not what the majority wanted. So, you know, and then, you know, people can say, oh, we'll just recall him. Well, that's exactly this whole thing that's happening on the national thing with, well, we'll just impeach the next president. You just go back and forth with nonsense. It's just a weird system. I think California needs to get rid of the recall system. What do you think about the whole thing? Excuse me. They just seem like they're too quick to just, when things will go their way, recall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, how about see it through? How about, like, kind of, like, just kind of get to it and kind of, understand that that's not how politics should work. Cause they, it's funny because they tried, they tried to recall it here in Wisconsin with Scott Walker and they ran Tom Barrett, the mayor of Milwaukee. Tom Barrett got beat like a fucking drum. Just for the simple fact that he had the charisma of um, just Dale Bagels and he just he didn't speak to anybody. Like He's not known outside of Milwaukee and in California, they're going to keep trying it, and they're going to keep, like, they're going to fail like this. They work once, but it's not going to work again. It won't. And all it should do is strengthen the Democratic base and kind of force some of these Republicans out there to understand their roles and stuff. Speaking of California Republicans, oh, sorry, speaking of California politics, I have uh, endured a mountain of shit from people who they I take issue with Katie Porter. Now, as an independent and perhaps the most reasonable person I know, not on football Sundays or Saturdays, but reasonably outside of that, where do I go wrong, in your opinion? About Katie Porter? Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about Katie Porter is that she will hold someone's feet to the fire. And it's always fun when it's like a CEO or something. It's always someone who is not used to being held accountable for things. And being put on the spot. I like that. I, and I like that she always comes prepared. She's like a good lawyer who knows the answer to every question before they ask it. That's, I like that kind of thing. That's, all, that always tickles me. On the flip side of that, um, beyond that from Katie Porter, I don't see much. And this is something that we come back to a lot on, on the show is where's the action? And I, what I need, and I can't say that she hasn't done anything because I simply do not know. 
I don't know. I don't see her, you know, like, you know, here's Katie Porter's bill. I don't see her talking about her bills. I don't see her talking about stuff like that. I see her grilling people like cheeseburgers. But, you know, other than that, which is which is in itself good action. I don't want to take away from that. But, like, you know, putting it on paper and getting it done, I don't see that. So, you know, if we're going to call out performative theater on the other side, we have to call out when it's performative on the left as well. I'm not saying that her performance is without consequence because it, it does get some stuff done. But I'd, I'd like to see more before I jump on and sing her praises completely. I, I tip toward her, but I'm not in the fan club. That's my theory. No. Like I said, uh, it just, it's the, like I said, she can hold folks accountable, but there's got to be something more. There's got to. I guess what pisses me off is the the committee seatings and trying to go around Maxine Waters. That's true. And black women in politics have been subverted constantly. And she tried it. And she tried it openly. And Auntie Maxine really wasn't having it right there. She's like 81 years old, but she actually will still get in your face. And it's one of those things that Katie, Katie Porter doesn't understand. Like, why the white woman to calm her ass down and actually get some work done? No, I've completely was, forgotten about that. You're you're 100 percent right. That's Andy Maxine is someone to listen to and use a mentor. Exactly, Not she's the one. There you go. She's the one to try. Now, yeah, we got to talk. Saturday was the 20th anniversary of September 11th. The attack. One of the things that didn't get as much coverage as it should have was the plight of Muslim Americans during that time. Do you think that? There should be some responsibility from politicians and the media in general for kind of stoking that anti-Muslim uh, rhetoric that has pervaded America still. There's I mean, the anti-Muslim rhetoric is just alive and well. It has been since before September 11th, and it was on September 12th, and it has gone ever since. In the article here from the Baltimore Sun, there was one woman that they talked to. And she's like, I did not wear my hijab the next day. And then she realized, she says, I, I put it back on on the 13th because I realized this was not my religion. This is a bunch of terrible people who did a terrible thing and used my religion as a shield or as an excuse. And so it's, she's exactly right. It's we, we look for people to blame in situations, whether, you know, it's because someone left a Lego on the floor or something like that we we want somewhere to direct our anger and unfortunately muslim americans are the ones who had it directed at them and then specifically i think one of the things that the article touched on is it's not all muslim americans it was muslim americans of middle eastern descent so you, you there's a visual as well like um i don't know that black muslims were targeted as much as middle eastern muslims um the friends that I have who are Muslim are all Middle Eastern descent Muslims. So um, I know that they have, they, they get the looks, they get the stares, they get the, but no one ever asks questions or wants to understand more or anything like that. One of the things that we could do with our media is normalize being Muslim the way that 
Christianity is normalized and Judaism is normalized. You know, we we don't see that, you know, swept aside or not covered. It's sometimes part of characters on TV and stuff like that, but you don't have like a Muslim American family unless that's the hook in, you know, our fictional media. So I think we could all do better to kind of make things, you know, a little bit more normalized, like someone is just like us, just like we've done with other, you know, with, you know, black families in the 60s and 70s or gay families in the 90s and today. Why are we not having a couple of shows or something like that where the families just happen to be of another faith? And it, it could help a lot with, you know, d- doing away with the prejudices that we see. It won't do everything. A lot of this stuff is ingrained. There are, you know, 20-year-olds who've grown up with their families talking about, you know, how Muslims, you know, flew planes into the buildings and killed people. And it's just, it's in them, and I don't know quite how to get it out other than people have to do better. We all have to do better and keep doing better. Um, so I really feel for... Muslim American people and what they've had to go through in this to, to, to pretend that they're not as heartbroken as all, as any American would be is disingenuous. It's and it was a good piece. It was an interesting piece. I'm glad that someone decided that, that was going to be one of their 9/11 stories. We had talked before like what is the media going to do for this? And I think for the most part a lot of what was in the media over the weekend was pretty good stuff. It was interesting. It was different. It wasn't just um, morbidity or mourning for the sake of mourning. There was a lot of reflection and a lot of, um, you know, new takes and new angles of looking at things. And I think that overall uh, they did a much better job than I expected that they would have done. I look at it in parts where growing up on the East Coast, there was a, such a diverse neighborhood. We had folks who were sh- shop owners, folks who had furniture businesses who were Muslim American. And I remember post 9-11, just, it was different. It was people being harassed. It was just loud, mild, George Bush fanatics, like throwing bricks through stores, like costing these folks. A buddy of mine owned a, owned a store in, like, uh, a high-rise field, like, the, the bottom floor of the store that he owned. And one of the guys that worked for him was, like, a college kid. He was, he is Iranian. Just trying to, you know, make some cash, try, just trying to get some cash. So one night, we went back there, me and a couple buddies just went back there just to kind of help him, like, help the guy unload product like new like chips and stuff and kind of put away just it was it was nothing to do it was you know, give him a hand so we're in the back two dudes walk up in there loud like they are the essence of jersey we live at that even though we're in connecticut and they just start harassing this guy calling him all sorts of slurs this and this now, he's, about, he's in front by himself, and I can tell he's scared because his voice starts cracking. He's not a violent person. This is, he's not really about his life. So we just kind of, like, step out and ask if they have a problem. And the one, one proceeds to go into this long spiel about how these people are bombing our country. 
And I asked him, I'm like, when when did your family get here? And then he's explaining, and then we have this back and forth. And and I explain, and we both explain, and then there was time for talking to end, but that's another story. Um, that this dude here is an American. He's just trying to work hard, just trying to put some money in his pocket. I mean, why are y'all harassing this dude? It just doesn't make sense. You're just trying to bully somebody that you thought is weaker than you. And that's not what's fitting to happen. And they took great disagreement with it that it's not fit to happen and let's just say it didn't happen and it was more of those incidents like from that point on those dudes lived in an apartment they would they they treat that man with respect this was the fact that they knew that you know most americans are americans they lost folks on 9-11 too they lost folks in these wars too and I always, when I see a Muslim American, even now, it's been 20 years. I live in Chicago, Wisconsin now, far, far away. And I'll see a Muslim American just that, that, that nod, like, how you doing? And just, it just, to know that they get judged by what they look like and what their name is and how they sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something kind of relatable to that for me. I kind of feel a little, yeah, I feel a little, you know, sympathetic, like a little connection, like, hey, you know, to not the same, to a different extent, but I can feel it with them. Now, from the sad to the sad for a different reason, what do we do with Rose McGowan? Like, she showed up with Larry Elder in hair looking askew, wearing house shoes and a robe. What the fuck happened to her? I honestly, I mean, I'm not a professional person, but I do think there's been uh, some kind of psychological issue or break. There's something that's not adding up properly. And she, I mean, I know she's got people in her life. She's got to have, you know, a partner, a parent, a sibling, a friend, someone who could say, um, hey, let's, let's go talk to somebody. But there's not a good support system there, or if there is, um, she's completely blowing them off. Yeah, I I feel for her. She went through something traumatic, um, but a lot of people have been through something traumatic and don't continue to make everything that they have about their singular trauma at the expense of other people. She's showing up to um, endorse Larry Elder, who's been accused of the same things that she speaks out against. So now she's taking the side of the abuser and not the abused because it suits her personal political goal. Um, if it doesn't benefit her, then she's not interested in it. Um, you know, isn't she the same one that got mad at Obama because he didn't acknowledge her activism? So, you know, if, if it doesn't benefit her directly and personally, then she's she's not here for it. And... Yeah, that's the political side of it. And then she shows up in, yeah, it could be fashion, but it really does look like a robe and slippers and bedhead. And, uh, you know, to the best of my knowledge, she doesn't even live in the United States anymore. So, you know, what's she doing there? Is she being used? What's, you know, and I, I don't get where she comes from, where she thinks she can just burn everything down. She doesn't have that kind of pull. 
So it it is indicative, I think, of of the far left and the well. If we can't have it, then we'll burn it all down. And it's something that we do need to pay attention to and look at. But I think for her personally, there could be something else going on. And I have a I have some more empathy toward her than I do for some others. I just with her, I just I know there's something not right there. And you would hope that someone close to her would kind of uh, help her. But goddamn, I mean, she's just she's just saying off the wall shit. And mm-hmm. Larry Elder, like I said, who is problematic as fuck, who is capitalizing off of it. Like you, the the weirdness of the GOP doesn't tend to. I mean, they will. These folks will exploit. Anybody, regardless of mental health status or anything, they don't give a fuck. And I, to me, no, don't get me wrong. I want to win elections. I don't want to win that way. I mean, it's it just, it's just trying to get over on folks. And it's just, this dude is slime. Like I just, oof, he gives me the creeps. Like there's something unsettling, and there, there are probably even more stories than what we've heard. For her, she just, she, yeah, she might need to sit out. And have all the seats until she figures out what the fuck is going on. Now, I can't believe this is actually a study. Um, so this is from the CBC. I'm going to read this tweet verbatim. Indigenous people and criminologists say the hands-off police treatment of people protesting mandatory vaccinations many of whom are white, slightly differs from the way they treat indigenous black protesters. Can we give them the no shit um, (laughs) award of the year? Why is there a study into this? Like, duh. I mean, really? Yeah, they should just have for source my eyes. (laughs) 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 You know, um, it's interesting. The... the, um, I, for a few years now, I've followed um, the way that indigenous people are treated in Canada. It's fascinating um, how put down First Nation people are in Canada. It just—it's a whole. There's a whole psychology there that I don't see as much of indigenous people being targeted and specifically put down in America the way that they're actively being put down in Canada, it's, it strikes me as different. You know, you see during the um, the pipeline protest, people were definitely, um, you know, out there against Native Americans. But I think that if that protest had happened in Canada, it would have come across different. It's just one of those things I kind of keep an eye on. Um, so maybe that angle was a little different, but it's coming out of Canada, and they can't not know at this point that people are treated differently. We've, we've seen it in the story about the um, the school graveyard that was just discovered in the last few months. We've seen it in the way that missing indigenous women are just kind of ignored in Canada. So none of this can come as a surprise. And I, and some, I did see some of the article was about, like, well, white anti-vax protesters are treated differently. Yeah, they're treated differently here, too. And I'm sure they're dif- treated differently in the U.K., because there's just, well, it's just white people out protesting. It's like they've never seen a wild Karen. Have you seen them? They go crazy. They they hit people and go after cops. And 
everybody just kind of is expected to stand there and take it. And, you know, maybe the outcome of the study is going to be, look, um, you know, if, if protesters are going to attack you or something, it doesn't matter, you know, what where they fall on the paint chip. You know, you have to, you know, you can't let yourself be attacked. But everyone has the right to protest. And I, it's just something that goes back to that, um, you know, like fear of a black hat kind of mentality of, well, people can't, you know, people are out protesting and they happen to be darker, you know, trouble's going to happen. Trouble's happening if there's a protest. Lots of people peacefully protest every day and, you know, nothing comes of it. But, you know, it's just, it, 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 I just, I, I'm with you about the study. I, it's like, did someone just say, oh, I'm going to put this forward as a hypothesis. I'm going to, I want this study funded. And they just sat back and for two years and collected cash and was like, yeah, that's exactly how it is, and then turned in the study. It's one of those where you pick an easy topic in school. You know, you had a bunch of things to choose from. And, you know, do you pick the challenging one you don't know anything about, or do you pick the very obvious one where you don't have to do any research? And that's where this one hits me. It's just one of those things that... I mean, as much as I do like Canada, Canada, some of the folks need to understand that, yes, it is easy to bag on America because America has a lot of fucked up things happening. And this country was found, founded on a fucked up. Canada's not that far behind. Like, clean your own home before you come down in and tell us how dirty our coffee table is. Just the thing. Now, we are both music fans. So, in hopes our our new segment, which I didn't tell my co-host about because I just thought of it like five minutes before. But this day in music, where we kind of go around and I'm going to give her a bunch of different topics that happened today, September 13th, 1, 1960, the Payola scandal. The Federal Commission's Act was amended to outlaw payments of cash and gifts in exchange for airplay of records. Two questions. Do you think that still happens? And is this how we explain Iggy Azalea? <laughs> uh, yes and yes. <laughs> There's no other reason for Iggy Azalea. It, you know, with my kids, she's a meme. She's a joke. So, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, is it? So let me see if I get this right. So basically people are bribing DJs to get their stuff on the on the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. That absolutely happens. People bribe people to do things every single day. You know, you bribe your kids to go to bed. I do. <laughs> so, no, you know, the bribes work better than threats sometimes. And, you know, what's the alternative? You know, you threaten to get somebody on the air. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you send somebody a little, hey, you know, here's a you know 20 tape to a record or whatever it was, and they put it on. It's a fantastic record, but it might not have gotten the airplay otherwise. So... You just the music industry is certainly was not does not have clean hands, and that's probably the least sleazy thing that happens in the music industry. So yeah, I think I think it happened. I think it happens, and yes, there are a lot of artists out there who they got to know somebody or they got to be greasing somebody's palm to keep getting their stuff out there. So today, also thirty six years ago, when the MTV Video Music Awards were actually a thing that happened and people cared when they played videos. Uh, we Are the World won Best Group Video. Boys of Summer won four of them. 
Bruce Springsteen won the best male video for I'm on a Fire, which is the most annoying fucking song ever. It's just him talking. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like creepy. He's like, he's like being creepy with some woman. Like, bruh, you're Bruce Springsteen. They say, hey, I'm Bruce Springsteen. I have five-hour concerts. What are you doing right now? He does. Tina Turner won from West Yes. What's Love Got to Do With It was the best female video. That's true. I long for a time of music videos again. What was yeah. your, not your favorite, but one that kind of jumps to mind right now? Well, you said about that Tina Turner video, and I can picture that because, honestly, I was kind of out of the loop, and I didn't know Tina Turner. My first shot of Tina Turner was that from the feet up leg shot that opens that video. And then I was, and then they got to the got to her face. And I was like, "Oh, this is not a young woman. This is an older woman." Well, who is she? And then I realized, oh, some of those songs that I knew from back in the, those are her. And it's like, oh, well, she looks amazing. <laughs> and it's just like she just like she walked into that video like, "Here I am. I own this." And it was it was a wonderful video. And it's basically just her walking around and you know putting the two fighting people's hands together and stuff like that and. You know, best female video because it's just Tina Turner singing. It works for me. But around that same time, there was um, I quite like the Blue Jean video by David Bowie. Mm. Out around then, um, the Wild Boys video by Duran Duran yes. is good. It's like a little movie. It's like Mad Max. Yes, um, I think it even had the same director. But uh, yeah, it's it's got a great look. Um, some other great videos. Let me think. Uh, like I just I'm not big on performance videos per se like say van halen's jump is very simple yeah. it was out there got the song through but i would prefer like a hot for teacher type video where it's a little story a little movie that you get to watch yeah. um so those are the kind of things that i like and so those are just some from around that era that popped into my head um my kids quite like um for videos they like uh the rick astley Never gonna give you up, and they like the aha video as well. The little yeah. man. <laughs> I love the aha video because honestly, anyone who is our age who listens to this right now, you need to like get right with yourself and be honest. You have tried to sing that high note. All of us have. All of us have failed. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, be right with yourself now, folks. Stop. You know. But <laughs> I liked the cars. Uh, you might think because it was just bright. It was just a bright video. It was like, ooh. There's this really homely-looking dude who can sing and is trying to like get with this get with this woman. Um, that one, uh, a Dire Straits' "A Money for Nothing." It was just like a concept were different. There was one uh, for a song called "Cry" from Godly and Cream. Now, yeah. it was in black for those for those who don't remember. It was in black and white and just had morphing faces of different people. And they told they told the story of the song that way. It was simple, but it was beautiful. It just mm-hmm. it kept your attention. Godly Cream also directed Girls on Film by Duran Duran. See, there it is. Now And Cindy Olsen it, did the music or Cindy Brady. See, wow. That that's what they call a callback, ladies and gentlemen. That's 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 what see that traces back to the beginning of the show. My co host is just wow right now. Um in 1986, Berlin hit, went to number one with Take My Breath Away, which is yep. the song of every junior high, like, slow dance. <laughs> every theater kid lo- listening to that song and longing. 
Yes, long sitting out there, look, trying to look at that that one girl who you just know that doesn't know that you even fucking exist, but you pine for that one moment. That really ever happens, but here we are. Um, there used to be an exhibit at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I don't know if it's still there. It struck me as a permanent exhibit, but it was four artists who changed the medium, and it was about um, videos. And the artists they had were Madonna, Michael Jackson, Tom Petty, and I think it might have been Peter Gabriel. I forget who the fourth was. But it's like, you know, you could really redo that exhibit. <laughs> you know, you're kind of missing a lot there. But they did just keep running. on. It was a bunch of TVs kind of around a pole, and they were showing videos by the four artists constantly on those um, TV screens. So, you know, they use them as callbacks. So, And I never thought about Tom Petty as being a changer of video, but he really did change music videos. He did a lot of the little story videos and stuff, and he was always coming up with stuff that was new. So. Don't, come, uh, with, uh, don't come around anymore with based on Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the first time I ever heard of him, too, and he was from Florida. Yes, and I like that, I like that song, and it, the video fits. It fits what they're trying to accomplish. Like it, I liked it. It was different. And it, I mean, um, more. Let's see. We'll we'll go with this one. As a Nirvana fan, Geffen Records on this date threw a party for to launch the single "Last Night Seen Spirit." The band got thrown out of their own party for starting a food fight. <laughs> that sounds about right. This one in 96, both Noel and Liam Gallagher arrived back in the UK. Uh, the statement from the record company said that there would be no more live gigs, but the band will continue to record. Have we known siblings in music to fight that much where they just hate each other? Yep. Yeah, if you're ever bored and you want to go down a rabbit hole, just pull up an interview with one of the Gallagher brothers and it'll entertain you for hours. Um, this is a sad one. On today, 25 years ago today, Tupac was Tupac died. Mm-hmm. 13 bullets were fired into his BMW. The incident was blamed on the gang wars. He was sitting next to he was sitting in the car next to Sugar Knight, who was raised. Music changed. It was for me. It was weird because. You had fans taking this whole East Coast, West Coast thing of no too seriously. Where you had incidents where people were getting shot, killed over this shit, over people they never met. Like, taking regional loyalty too damn far. And I remember going to Texas. I remember going to hell, like Oklahoma. I remember going to Kansas City and having folks from each side, like, going to sporting events. Having folks with weapons under their coats just in case shit happened. That was a wild ass year. Or two years. It was it was too much. It was it was just I mean music drew like loyalty drove that. And I look at the two people who are still alive, Puffy Combs, Shook Knight. Mm-hmm. Who may, who who gained the most from all this? They did. Who lost the most? Yeah. The artist. Who died? 
and back up bullshit. Yeah, I mean, Tupac was right on the verge of being a... I mean, he was a star, but he was just starting to get into movies and stuff, and he'd have, blown, he'd have been big. He'd, he could have been like The Rock at this point. You know, he would have been... He was charming, he was good-looking, he certainly had the talent for music, so he could have been... You know, I mean, how big he is, even though he died 25 years ago, is testament to how big he could have been if he could have continued putting out music. So. I mean, it's... I mean, it's... It was sad. To me, it was just it was hurtful because there were so many people that could have been so much better. Um, flipping through today's birthdays and music, Peter Cetera from Chicago is today's his birthday. He is I'm just math. He is sixty-seven. Fifty-seven. Sixty-seven. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I used to imitate him in high school. He sings with I don't know his upper lip is very thin, but it's kind of tucked up under his <laughs> kind of like um, Fire Marshal Bill. And so that's uh, that used to be my Peter Cetera impersonation when I was a kid. They used to people would be like, "So are you going to sing?" I'm like, "No, I'm just going to sit here with my lip curled up." No, I just did that. So. Yeah, I never liked his music. So. Now Chicago has some decent music, but his solo stuff is just painful. And he had a chart on the song or a song on the charts in 1986 because we listened to the countdown yesterday. And from the Glory of Love. Yep, from the Cardi Pay. Yep, exactly. Oh, I mean. It was he 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 oversang that song. Mm-hmm. the turns and twists and the octaves going up and down, it was, it was not needed. You you brought the oversinging. Not only do you overproduct your hair, you're oversinging. Yeah, and he decided he was going to get into these ballads and stuff. Like he he pulled a Brian Adams before Brian Adams did, and he put all his money in this one basket, and it didn't turn out. So. Let's yeah. see. Uh, also, a birthday, you know, born in 1966, Joni Sledge, founding member of Sister Sledge. Sledge, yep. I mean, how do you not, when you hear any of their songs, just kind of bob your head? You have to get up. You have to literally get up out of your seat. If you're driving a car, you have to pull over or you just chair dance. Uh, Dave Mustaine, who... Oh yeah. <laughs> Today's his birthday. He is fifty eight. And the quickest day Mustang story is this. He was in Metallica, got a little too drunk, got kicked out of Metallica, went to Megadeth. Some of their style he kinda of lifted from Metallica. They had a movie, I think it was called Some Kind of Monster. Years later. Oh, five, six years ago. And they have him in the movie and they're pretty much clowning him for you know, like he had a successful career, but Metallica made millions. And how if he would have been calm or just been cool, that would have been his. And they're like, he's pretty, he's pretty much explaining how his life has been kind of, you know, in Metallica's shadow. It's kind of sad, but yet funny because I laughed. Um, yeah. Now, and apparently he's is, recovering from throat cancer, I just saw. So well, we, he was diagnosed with it last year, and he got an all clear. So, well, here's his hoping that he, you know, gets to get back on the road. Now, this, this is one. This is a birthday. Tim Ripper Owens. Now, here's the thing. 
the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Anderson is based on Tim Ripper Owens. This is a guy who was a heavy metal singer. He was in a Judas Priest cover band. And he ended up singing some of it. He he replaced um, Rob Halford and Judas Priest, which I always found funny because you have this band where an iconic group. Judas Priest was completely iconic to, to the fan. Not to me, because I didn't really like their sound, but the whole movie from beginning to end is the Tim Ripper Owen story, and he literally became a cover guy that was lucky enough to get in the group and be able to get in the band. And for me, it's it's wild to sit there and see how it happened. And as we wait for Steph to... How goes it? Good. I was talking about Tim Ripper Owens, who was like in... He was in a Jewish Priest cover band. And then they parted ways with Ralph Halford, and then he became the lead singer of Jewish Priest. And it was like that his life story is the basis for Rockstar, which is one of the worst rock movies of all time. <laughs> it's a great story. It's um, it's not as good as Adam Lambert becoming singer for Queen. That still is wild to me now. Yeah. Now my favorite birthday. Okay. This is today. She's celebrating her... They do some quick math. 44th birthday. Piano Apple is 44 today. Oh. Now, I like her music for interesting reasons. One, it's just something to it. It's just, there's a pain there, and there's a like a soulfulness there. It works. I mean, it just... She's almost a blues singer. Yes. She's very Joplin-esque. And that's the part that, I mean, people don't get. Like, she, her whole... Her whole, like, feeling is just different. And... It works for her, like she tells a story. And for me, I wish that, you know, she keeps performing and, you know, whatever she's had to deal with, I hope she keeps on with it and keeps on, like, trying to persevere. Because when, when right, just don't let her, just don't, just don't let her give speeches during award shows. They tend to meander, and she, I don't think they're, that's the move for her. But Fanta Apple is one of those things that one of those people in, places in music that there's a there's a spot for her. Now, being the music fan, I gotta ask you this. Who would you say right now would be somebody that we need to listen to that may not have had the airplay or record play or just something like something right now, something that caught your eye recently? Mm, something that caught my eye recently. I will look at my Spotify. Um 
most of what I've been trying to get caught up on um, what's popular now because I'm really kind of out of touch with it. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> to be quite frank, what I've listened to a lot lately is Ninja Sex Party. They're a, <laughs> um, they're kind of a comedy rock band. They're a duo um, with Dan Avidan, and I forget what Ninja Brian's actual name is, but Dan's alter persona in the band is um, uh, Danny Sexbang. So they have they do a lot of covers of 80s stuff, and then they do their own original um, like parody songs and stuff. But what they're parodying is not a song. It's like a feel, like an 80s party song or something like that. Um, so I've been listening to, to them. Um, my kid put that on on a trip to Pittsburgh, and we just never turned it off, and I've been kind of going down that road. But that's um, that's the thing I've been playing. And, of course, they don't get any kind of radio play or anything like that. It's you know, And I don't know that – well, maybe they did put something out not too long ago. But, um, like, the last songs – Last stuff on my um, Spotify is uh, Kendrick Lamar playlist and Ninja Sex Party, then a podcast called Movie Crush, um, Summer Hits of the 80s, Cat Stevens, um, Queen, my different decade things, uh, Don't Make This Weird is on there. Yeah, um, that guy Greg. <laughs> uh, stuff You Should Know, uh, some Alison Krauss, um, a horror podcast uh, called Kisa Horror, The Sacred Rihanna, um, some jazz, some punk pop, hip-hop, Tom Jones. So, you know, I'm, I'm not listening to stuff that's really um, kind of out of it. I got Dad Jew, Franglish, um, Lathan Warlick, some, you know, uh, I got Johnny Gill. <laughs> so, um, the top hits of 1971. So that those are my latest things on my Spotify. I'm not listening to really obscure stuff. But I have a Black Pumas album finally coming in the mail that I ordered in February. So that'll be my next music that I get. So I'm curious to know if you have something special in mind that you have been um, listening to lately, because I want to put it on my playlist, too. I've just been kind of going through, like, the different eras and stuff. Like, some old time, like, you mentioned last week, like, Shotgun by uh, by Adrian Walker and the All-Stars. Whenever my dad was, and I was going, like, these long car trips, the first song we played, because it was just it would get you moving. Um. A lot of Motown, a lot, some Al Green, some, a lot of, I've been trying to give the Cure a listen. Like, I was not a big fan. Yeah. I'm trying. Same. I'm trying at 47. Ugh. Yeah, same. Uh, my kid got into the Cure. Uh, just kind of found it on their own, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm missing some. And when I listened, I was like, yeah, that song's okay. So there's more songs I were like, well, that's okay, than I realized with the cure. So I didn't dislike them as much as I thought that I did. <laughs> but I'm right there with you. It's kind of a case of it takes me back in time, but I'm not going to play the cure on purpose. No, it just it's I've, I've been trying. I've been trying to give different things in the 90s as far as like Harvey Danger another spin. Um basically Luscious Jackson another spin. This different things that I may have flown by or didn't really like too much and just trying to give them new ones. And I gave Nelly, like, a few more spins. I mean, it, like, outside the first couple, yeah. ooh, that recent catalog sucks. Yeah. I've got to say, you try to branch out, and then when you go down the branch, you find out it's a weak branch. Country grammar turned into country garbage. Good damn. I mean, ooh, so bad. 
Like, but then he's doing stuff for Florida Georgia Line and is making white folks our age happy. It's just, it's just, it's just so odd. I try to listen to them. Florida Georgia Line is music for people that think the N word but have a black friend from playing football with them that won't say it. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a playlist called Country That Doesn't Suck. And most of it is old country stuff because, as my husband will say, like they're like he controls the music in his office. He's <laughs> very anal retentive about that, but he plays good <laughs> stuff. I've been in there and I'm like, wow, this is really good music, and then I realize it's off my own husband's phone. But um, some of the nurses and techs they want some country music, and he says, no, all modern country music is just pop music with a twang. So he's like, I'll play you country music if you want, but it's going to be Willie Nelson and Dwight Yoakam and Dolly Parton and stuff like that. It's not going to be from today. And so Here I thought the greatest doctor that practiced in Pennsylvania was Dr. J. Apparently, <laughs> you know, we have a new favorite from the top of the that, that man is dead-ass accurate. He, he is correct. He is correct. It is basically pop music with a twang. And when they go try to rap, I'm like, come on now. Like, not an X is different. But if you have, like, Kane Brown and folks out there, like, white dudes, like, doing country rapping, nah, no, nah, no, no, Jethro, you, you may not. Yep. <laughs> I would take Billy Ray Cyrus over most of this stuff, to be quite honest. <laughs> Hell, I would take Marley, I'll take Marley Cyrus, John Malkovich, who played Cyrus the Virus, and Conair, I don't care. Somebody just, I mean, some of this shit is just tiring. It just... Oh, this is this is country with a hip hop beat. This is dude from like Sewanee, Georgia, out here like coming straight out of the suburb. Not not even a trailer park. It's 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 the Kid Rock effect. Oh yeah. Like this dude's had people full old. He's from Detroit. He grew up in the hood. That motherfucker grew up on a, on an apple and an apple orchard. His family had money. They sold used cars. <laughs> Out here trying to fool people. Yeah, there, there's some good country artists out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not all bad, but um, it's it's. I think it just wherever you are, whatever genre of music you're in, it's about authenticity. Exactly mm-hmm. like you're saying. If it's not authentic, the listener knows. Maybe I mean, not I'm you know, a, outright, but you feel it. Exactly. I'm about to date myself, but hell. Carrie Chapin, what was it? Mary Chapin Carpenter. Mary Chapin Carpenter. From, uh-huh. from Sheriff, New Jersey, even. Like, I'm sorry, her her music was good. And I listened it to it, and I thought it was fine. And I was a fan. I mean, fight me. I don't care. And, but it was authentic. Like, even though she was from Jersey, she put a, she put something into it where she didn't try to speak with a twang. She just said, you know what? That, mm-hmm. even... There were moments of Shania Twain I didn't mind. Yeah. Although I'll be honest, like dating, you know, in the early two thousands, and you you had a girlfriend with the with the cowboy boots and the jeans, and you know, if I hear any man of mine one more fucking time, it was it, it would have been too much. It was the absolute just the worst. But there are moments. There, you know, country has moments. It's like rock has moments, and I'm not sure if we talked about this, but but I still maintain that Guns N' Roses is still the last American rock band. <laughs> You're gonna die on that hill. <laughs> die, just straight up die. Put the put the 
uh, a Raiders emblem on a headstone, top of the hill. Here lies Biggs. He said some shit. He ate some food. He was petty. Guns and Roses is still the, the last American rock band. That I will die on that hill, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was beautiful. I mean, seriously, like, I will die on that hill. People can bury me face down so the world can kiss my ass over that fact. But it is, it's basic things like that. It's how music has changed. And I refuse to be, like, crotchety old guy who will sit there and say, well, you know, no. Like, there are, there are inroads and, like you said, Kendrick Lamar, things like that. I'd mm-hmm. be honest, like, I listen to Drake. I don't want to listen to Drake. It's, it's not, it's, yeah. it's not for me. Yeah, and that's cool like, because if if your art appeals to everyone, your art sucks. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like sweater rap. I'm sorry. I like I like I like my rap that either conveys a point, starts a party, may occasionally start a fight, but um, <laughs> but that conveys a point. I don't need like uh the lure uh or argyle sweater rap. I, you know, I don't need like loafer rap, like cushy Gucci loafer rap. I wear size 13 shoes. You might throw me in some Nikes and be be fine with it. I mean, it it's not for me. And people get real upset when you say you don't like something like Kanye West. That Kanye West I like was mid 2000s Kanye West. That's exactly the last right. Fifteen years of shit. Nah, I'm good. People are like you're just a hater. No, his music sucks. Like late registration and college dropout. That's yeah, I'm there. This is where this is where I live. But the life of Pablo and Donda and all this fuckery. Nah, mm-mm. people are like well, his, he's a genius. No, he's not a genius. Yeah, to, to quote President Obama, he's a jackass. He's a jackass. Hey, thank you. I mean, real recognizes real, and when somebody knows that somebody's with the bullshit, it's right there. Like, and like I get crap from people who's I don't like K-pop. I'm just not my fan. I'm not. I'm not gonna like insult it. I just don't like listening to it. Just it's not my milieu, if you will. I just I can't. It just mm-mm. it's too like it. It gives my ears cavities. Like, it's too syrupy. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, there are folks out here getting down to this. Like, I mean, I mean it's it's not like, it's not mood music, but things like that. But there's, there's, all, there's always good music, and there's always, you know, I posted a long thread yesterday about this or that, and I'm going to give your opinion because, well, I trust your musical opinion. I may not trust your technical opinion. I may not trust your sports team's opinion, but God damn it, I trust this. Um, let me find it. It was interesting because it had it was a bunch of different things. I'm going to ask you. Yeah, my computer is slow. I'm not going to beat you on this one. <laughs> okay, here we are. This is a Sunday Funny Thread. Better John Hughes movie. Uh, 16 Candles or uh, Pretty in Pink? Um. There are parts of it that don't hold up well, but I far prefer 16 Candles. Okay. A better first date, Topanga Lawrence or Kelly Kapowski? What was that? 
better first date, Topanga Lawrence or Kelly Kapowski? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Topanga Lawrence was from Boy Meets World. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Kelly Kapowski oh, was them. from Saved by the Bell. If you're, if, I, I mean, didn't watch either of those. Oh. oh we I didn't watch, that. That's why I have no idea who the characters are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have tried to watch Saved by the Bell and couldn't get through it, so I'll give Topanga the edge just because I'm unfamiliar with her. There you go. Better party town, New Orleans or Miami? Oh. You know, that's tough. That's tough. Um, God, I'm I'm gonna have to give the edge to New Orleans. I, I I'm not sure exactly because I can go either way. But um, I'd rather right now if you said free trip, I'd pick New Orleans. And I know you're a Miami dude. So. I've got I've got the uh, things here. I found uh, your better, uh, the thread. I uh, better ban Journey of the Cars. Journey. Yes, I, this is a close one. Worst Avenger, Hawkeye or Ant Man? Worst Avenger, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Hawkeye. Better rapper, T- Tupac or Biggie? This one was a runaway, apparently. You know, I picked Biggie. Ninety-two. Ooh. Sometimes I just have to sit down and listen to some Biggie. I don't find myself just having to sit down and listen to some Tupac. It's not that he's less talented. It's just that's my different. Better singer, Stevie Nicks or Ann Wilson? I know exactly what your thought is, and mine is the opposite. I'm a Stevie Nixer. Oh, boy. I know. I know. It hurts your heart. It hurts your heart. I've seen Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I mean, I... I sat close enough I could tell what color nail polish she had on, and it was amazing. Better performance, Prince or Michael Jackson? Um, hmm. You know, i got to say, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better live performance than that Super Bowl show Prince did. Thanks. I, uh, I mean... I, I watched a, a move, uh, just a video today somebody put up on Reddit of uh, a, a fan crawling up a crane to be with Michael Jackson during a show, and he kept performing, and he did his thing and held on to the fan at the same time and kept performing, and it's like, damn, dude could put on a show. Dude yes. could put on a show. Better but action I, movie. I've got to give it to Prince. A better action movie, Die Hard or Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Those are both really good picks. I would sit down and watch either one of those at the drop of mm-hmm. a hat. Um, I I got to go with Die Hard because I like the villain better. Hans Gruber. Mm-hmm. Hans Gruber is, is classic, and he's so good. More annoying song, Macarena or Tough Thumping. Those are from about the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think worse... Uh, I would rather listen to Tub Thumping than Macarena, and Macarena is more annoying. Great. Pick one to wear more, slides or flip-flops? I can't abide flip-flops. It's going to have to be a slide. You're not a flip-flop fan? I can't take that, that thong between my toes. Um, that makes sense. I like it in slide. Slides are comfortable. Uh, more iconic opening, Welcome to the Jungle or Smells Like Teen Spirit? 
Oh, now that's not fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I I do love both, and but I ha- I'm going against what I would have picked for myself if I had to guess. I I think it's Welcome to the Jungle. I think Welcome to the Jungle inspired maybe inspired the opening of Smells Like Teen Spirit a little bit. So I'm going to go with Welcome to the Jungle on this one. Uh, better it's close. Party, it's, it is super good. close. I, I was a welcome uh, to jungle guy. Better party song at bland weddings: the Cupid show or the Cha Cha sliding? Admit it, you've done both. I, I've done Cha Cha slide. I don't know if I've done Cupid shuffle. Um, I I would pick Cupid shuffle just because I don't hear it as much. Because ev- every gathering of white folks has Cha Cha slide, wedding or not. Fair. Wedding or not, people just, I mean, you see, like, Karen and Macy get to it. I mean, it is it is right there. Better song to dance to, Get Low and Back That Ass Up. I can't tell you how many times I have gotten low while unloading the dishwasher. So, um, and also my kid is on a, a thing right now of where somebody takes the lyrics to Get Low and puts them to other songs. So I've heard Get Low, like, 16 times in the last week. Um, but I like back that ass up. Um, it, it's a party starter. There, there's a, there's a, like a meme or a little video of, who is it? Harry, Prince Harry is as a soldier and he's talking. And you can hear the opening part and you see him running. I know that they like somebody spliced in the opening part of back that ass up. You see him running towards where he needs yeah. to run to be like here's over his head. Like, <laughs> That's, I've seen that. That's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with, with Get Low on that one, just for sentimental reasons. This one is a little bit nuanced because it has a little bit of flow riding there. But better boots, Timberlands, or with the fur? <laughs> well, Shoddy had them apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur, she did. and I'm not a Shoddy. Um, you know, in real life, I have Tims, and I don't have the boots with the fur. So I'm gonna go with the Tims just because. More overrated burger. In and out or Whataburger? A Whataburger, absolutely. I I do like a Whataburger, but I haven't had one in a long time, and um, it's all about spicy ketchup. But that's what I, people try to convince me. That do you try spicy ketchup? I'm looking like, have we not met? I am <laughs> rampantly like deep seated hatred of all things ketchup. Just because you throw a, a scintilla of pepper, and it doesn't make me want to like you better as a person, bro. No. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I don't know the last time I went to California and did not get an In-N-Out double-double animal style. Better singer. I got to get an In-N-Out burger, so Whataburger is overrated. This one is hard. Better singer. Aretha Franklin or Whitney Houston. That's really not fair. That's downright cruel. Um, I chose violence. I, uh, it's It's Aretha. And it's cruel because I don't like to say that Whitney Houston wasn't a better singer, but no one's better than Aretha, so it has to be Aretha. And Aretha could do anything. If you've ever seen her Grammy performance of Nessun Dormance, one of the most, like I was talking about great live performances, her Grammy performance of Nessun Dorma when Pavarotti was sick and couldn't perform, and she stepped in last minute to sing opera, is one of the best things that was ever put on television. And Aretha just had it. She just had that. I mean, 
because everybody's auntie. Like when she was younger, my my father always said this. He's like, well, that could have been your mama. Stop saying that. My mother's right in the other room. I'm like, you're trying to get in trouble between her and Pam Greer for different, various different reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, I mean, just, just leave it out there. Uh, but Narita just had that, that iconic sound where you're just like, you know what? I'm going to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. And if Whitney didn't battle the demons she battled and she was still around, I'm sure that if she, if she had kept her voice, that, that would have been a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because th- there came a point where Aretha wouldn't perform as much because she got older, but she would still be able to stand behind that mic and let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the true beauty. Um, I got one for you. I'm just randomly before we go. Uh, more underrated, Tammy Terrell or Minnie Ripperton? Minnie Ripperton is dreadfully underrated. Minnie Ripperton is a goddess. I mm-hmm. the, talk about hitting high notes. There's no way to sing along with Minnie Ripperton. Just you know, sit back and close your mouth because you just can't. You can try. But you know, it's yeah. She just she, and it's a shame she didn't have a longer career, because you know that's that's part of it. She just wasn't around nearly. Exactly, like loving you, like everyone tries to hit the high note. Loving you, I think I may have snapped a tendon in my back trying to hit the high note from loving you. <laughs> but before we head out, can you tell people where they can interact with you on social media? My handle everywhere is Edenza, E-D-E-N-Z-A. Mine is T-Bix Tequila on, on Twitter. This has been another episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast with Biggs and Lynn. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. If you're in California, make sure that you don't let Larry Elder be the governor of a goddamn thing. <laughs>